Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Casual Cognition Podcast. I'm Nate, and Hank and I are just so excited to bring you this particular conversation today. These are some subjects that we are beyond happy to talk about, and we're going to be talking about a lot in the future. And I'm not going to yap about it too much on here. I just wanted to let you guys know how thankful we are to have you listening and how happy we are and excited we are to be doing this particular thing right now. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. get into the flow let's do it man <laughs> i don't know about so, you actually i do know about you i know that you are equally as excited about this conversation as i am i am really excited about this conversation this is a fun one and it i think it it just is right up our alley oh yeah so what we're going to talk about today people first is what's known as the flow state and this is something that is sounds a little woo-woo-y you know sounds like something that your mom might hear in yoga class or something but this is an actual defined studied state and there's a lot of peer-reviewed research on it and they can they, they know the mechanisms behind it. They, they can um, train you to get into this state. And it's a very real thing. And what we're talking about when we say flow state is essentially this strange thing, sort of like trigger that happens in your brain where it floods you with dopamine and epinephrine and different like neurochemicals. And it causes your brain to basically spike in productivity and ability and pretty much everything goes up your data retention your pattern recognition your reflex time um your ability to sort of like like physically coordinate your body it's just like it basically turns you into a superhuman for lack of a better term and as i said this is a real attainable state for anybody it's not that difficult to train and it's um it's it sort of seems to be built into the human system for some for one reason or another yeah and and one thing that i do want to add to that is you know because you mentioned there's all these different neurochemicals norepinephrine dopamine all these things that are being released but i do also want to point out because of course the scientific standpoint is very relevant and useful for understanding these phenomena. However, you know, one of the leading foremost researchers in flow, who you and I have talked about a little bit, Nate Stephen Kotler, he mentioned that, you know, these physical phenomena that we can measure account for about 90% of what is actually happening so there's kind of this 10 percent that is that we just don't understand how it works it's completely beyond 
what we can measure and what we understand. And here on casual cognition, we are going to allow room for exploring that and just to pose different ideas and questions around what that could be. Uh, we're not, I mean, I love science. I know you love science, Nate, but we're not fanatics. We're not devotees to science. Uh, we we leave room for subjectivity as well, and we really think that it's it's important to talk about what it actually what is the what are the feelings what are our experiences around these states of consciousness. However, first I want to just hop right back to because we've been talking a lot around this subject of flow. Um, so. But like what it is, is essentially a state of consciousness. It's it's you can associate it to these different chemicals being released in the brain. You can also associate it to uh, the frequency of brain waves. So, you know, we have we have different. It's basically related to the yeah the frequency. So like the number of cycles per second that are happening in the brain are related to different states of consciousness and flow happens kind of in this area between alpha and theta waves, which it's kind of the intersection between like uh, relaxation, visualization, creativity, and meditation, meditative states, intuition, memory. So it's actually, uh, and these these waves are much slower than the like normal state of consciousness, which is in the beta the beta range, which is like um, yeah, I guess the values aren't super important in terms of the hertz, but basically the idea is the frequency, like the because at all times we have all of these different frequencies occurring, but it's about like how much kind of what is the what is the pie chart like what so how much of the brain is in this state or that state? So that's a way that we can actually measure these states of consciousness using a EEG. You basically hook up a bunch of electrodes to the to your head, and you can measure okay what's happening when this person sits down to meditate. What happens when they're uh, anxious and confused and scared? What happens when they're asleep? All of these different things. And we can actually associate these different brain waves to different states of consciousness. And that's a super interesting uh, and useful thing that we can use to, to kind of point us in the right direction when we're studying these, these kinds of states. And so to kind of wrap this part up, like flow as we understand it is essentially the optimal state of consciousness. It's associated with like insane, insane improved performance on basically all levels. Like to the I, terms of hundreds of percentage, yes. like, like Four and five hundred percent more. Four and five hundred percent increases in productivity, creativity, data and information processing. Like that is 
insane. That is absolutely unheard of. There's no drug on the planet that can do that. There is no, like, the, it's just, it's, it's basically, and, and the thing that's so interesting about it is, you know, we talk about all these, like, okay, creativity, productivity, all these things, but at the same time, being in these in the state of flow it's actually it's one of the most gratifying and beautiful experiences in in being a human yes and one interesting thing to go back to your brainwave thing is that as you said it's um it's around the it's in between the state of like creativity and a more meditative state. And this is something that I think a lot of modern people kind of mistake because especially in the business world, the thought is that you you accelerate. You get mm. faster and faster. You work harder and harder. High energy, high anxiety, you know, high um high effort. Mm. And you, you so the thought there would be that you have to accelerate into this state and the actually the exact opposite is true one of the most important aspects to getting into a flow state is extremely low stress levels and being relaxed and being without distraction yeah so modern office culture the way that we do business is actually pretty much the exact opposite of what you would want to get into a flow state yeah so, I mean, I hear our listeners thinking right now, and they're like, <laughs> Hank, Nate, Flo, this sounds amazing. Like, I can be 500% more productive. I can be 450% more creative. How in the hell do I do that? And the thing is, is there's not really a, like, super it's not really a, a prescription but like there are uh, environmental factors that can lead us and and kind of catalyze the state of flow and so just uh, as a recommended further reading for anybody who wants to learn more about this uh, there's this book it's called flow it is by a guy who has an extremely difficult to pronounce name uh it's not even I that difficult hear you try it. <laughs> i want to hear you try it it's like mihai chiksin mihai or something like that and it's spelled completely different from what it sounds like uh but anyways he he wrote an amazing book on flow there's a bunch of awesome information in there but one of the things that i just want to quickly uh, go over with you guys who are maybe like more who who want to see like okay I kind of we're starting to get an understanding of what it is but like so there are some 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 ingredients like you know that are kind of necessary for flow and we're not going to go into this too much um but I I just want to like kind of lay this out cuz it's super interesting I I think um and it's essentially there's a few different factors. One of them is it can't be whatever you're doing, the challenge. 
it can't be too difficult and it can't be too easy. So if it's too difficult, let's say, let, let's try to do like a, maybe a practical example. So let's say like you're playing tennis against somebody, right? If you're playing against Roger Federer, he's just going to crush you. You're going to have absolutely no chance and you will just like you're just going to be totally you're going to have no chance at all you're going to get in your head you're going to be like there's nothing that i can do about this you get super anxious and stressed out there's nothing you can do if you play against a toddler who barely has the motor skills to stand up on two feet you're going to crush the toddler. It's not even going to be fun because you're not going to be able to get a rally going back and forth. It's going to you're going to get bored, you're going to think about other stuff. It's not stimulating enough. But right at this perfect point Damn where Damn it it's... little Jimmy, get your shit together. I'm trying <laughs> to practice here. I thought you said you could play. Yeah, exactly. I mean Jimmy he's trying his best, but he's not contributing to the state of flow, right? Jimmy's because... in the flow state. <laughs> well, well, to Jimmy, you're probably like Roger Federer, so he's probably going to be getting stressed and like not having a good time either. Uh, but either way, like basically, at this perfect intersection where the challenge is right at or like just above what your current skill level is, it requires you to have intense, single-minded focus, and you don't have. There is no room to think about anything else, but it's also, you know, you're not, you're, you're able to succeed. You're able to, to get positive feedback as well. Like you're not succeeding the whole time. Maybe there, it's obviously a back and forth, but like you can, you have this feeling like that you can do it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of where the, the flow channel exists is like in this intersection that's um between the challenge and where your skill is at and then as you increase the skill the challenge needs to increase and in that when you're in that state of flow like people describe it as there's there's so many awesome descriptive words there's like uh just literally euphoria that's one of the words that people associate with flow um there's also I would and, say absorption, like yeah. total absorption. Yes, that's into a, what you're doing. Exactly. That's another thing people talk about. This this I love. People talk about it's it's this state where the the action and the person who is doing the action actually merge into just a happening. So it's a it's a state where we lose our self-consciousness. We lose our sense of self. And that might sound scary to some people, but it's actually the most liberating and beautiful experience to just let all that go and just become whatever the action is. It's, it is absolutely beautiful. And the thing is, is every single one of you has experienced this before at some point every single one of us has felt flow yeah it does happen spontaneously there's ways that you can sort of encourage the state and 
improve your ability to get into it and create the proper set and setting for it to happen. But it, it is a natural human phenomenon, and it does happen to everybody. Absolutely. Runners often get it. People who can run for long periods of time often get into this state. Um, and interestingly enough, one of the most interesting um, manifestations of this is actually religious mystical experiences. Hmm. So when they've done analysis on um, people who are going into like speaking in tongues or having like very intense religious experiences, I'm sure you've seen those funny videos that everyone likes to make fun of where the the pastor is like going nuts on stage and his congregation is just freaking out and he's like pointing at them and they're falling down and stuff it's like those people aren't faking it it's not like some some like set up planned um act that they're all doing that's like a group state of uh like heightened awareness and heightened connection between everybody and it causes this like mass euphoria and you know those people don't really know what to do with it or what they're what's happening but um they've done studies on people in these states and it is a flow state it's the exact same thing their brains are flooded with dopamine and different neurotransmitters and they're in this this certain brainwave thing where they're they're no longer they're no longer concerned about anything going on outside of their own uh, the current experience yeah and what's so intriguing about this is that is basically the state of meditation that that is that is that is basically what people are kind of going for when they're meditating that's that like or it's kind of funny because if you are doing meditation then maybe you're not quite in that state. But if you are in meditation, then you are. Then it's here now, and that's all there is. Uh, and it's yeah. it's so. In, I in guess, meditative practice, you do like if you try meditation, don't get discouraged if you don't stay in a flow state the whole time. Because yes. if you're not an extremely trained meditator, what you're going to do is you're going to experience brief little pops here and there of this state and then something's going to distract you and you're going to pop right back out of it yeah so uh yeah meditation is something that we are going to get into we're going to set aside more time to talk about that uh because it's such a uh beautiful topic we both are very interested in it so we'll we'll set aside a proper amount of time to investigate and explore and share about that uh how about this let me let me hit you with a quick quote and i just want to hear your thoughts nate okay let's hear it okay this is from mihai chiksenmihai <laughs> uh the, the guy who wrote flow i think it was back in like the 70s or 80s but this is this is some this is a paraphrasing something that he said the content of our consciousness determines whether we are happy or miserable, regardless of external factors. We have the ability to choose what the content is, 
and this is relating to this concept of flow, but this is basically the conclusion that he came to after doing all of this research in flow. So, I, it's a tough one, man. That's a really hard one these days because, yes, we do have the ability to choose what enters our consciousness, but it's also very, very difficult, and it's gotten more and more difficult since the time that that book was written to... Um, not get distracted. There's ads everywhere. There's entertainment everywhere. Our jobs are typically very um, connected to us. So, you know, in the 70s and 80s, nobody was getting emails from work. Nobody was getting calls at home from work. It was very rare. Nowadays, I mean, a lot of people are in almost 24-hour contact with their bosses and their uh, they're on their phones, they're on their computers, and they're just inundated with information. So um, we do need to filter our consciousness and um, be mindful of what we allow in, but also respect that it's a it's a discipline. It is a challenge. It is difficult, and it's going to take effort. Oh, 100%, man. And that's actually, you know, the those issues that you're describing. It's funny because that's going to be a upcoming podcast. We're going to get into that more. Yes. Uh, so, and this is, this is the thing, uh, just to our dear listeners, one of the things that Nate and I do very naturally is we we tend to just see the connections between these seemingly disparate topics. Uh, and one of the things that this podcast is so amazing for, for us is giving us a little bit of structure. So rather than, you know, just going all over the place and going into all of these different topics in one conversation, we kind of, now it's like, okay, well, we reached this point. Let's put a pin in that. We're going to take a whole a section of a, of an episode and dive more deeply into that so it allows us to to kind of yeah go more deeply into each topic rather than we start and then we find the connection and we get super excited about it and then we jump to that immediately so yeah we're gonna try not to go down a bunch of rabbit holes that are off topic yeah so we're just gonna put a pin in that we're gonna talk more about that uh in an upcoming episode a little bit down the line because i think that's a really it's just a it's an absolute epidemic. It's something that we that we all are dealing with uh and it's something that we all need to learn how to manage in in this just being modern human beings just adapting to to the just the ways of living and and the technology and uh yeah, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Subject. Yeah, but to get back to flow, um, let me ask you something, Hank. What is the most common um, activity or, um, yeah, I guess activity would be the right word, that you experience flow in? 
it's 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 definitely music. I figured. It's um. I think that especially as creative people, I I I, I think that the obviously the most common thing for us is going to be our art. Um. That. I have experienced it many times spontaneously in art. So tell me about your experience with flow and music. It's it's just it's I'm going to do my best to describe it as well as possible. It's pretty difficult to describe because it's just such a beautiful and enriching experience. Uh but I'm going to do my best. So basically it can happen in different ways depending on the context, but it's it's basically I pick up my instrument. I either pick up my guitar or I uh, get on the keyboard and I just start kind of noodling, noodling around. I'm kind of just... Usually it actually happens when I, yeah, I just decide, okay, I'm going to just like start playing something and I start playing something and then, and this is like, I don't know. I think there's multiple different things going on because it's, it's flow in the context of like creativity being creative. Mm -hmm. So it starts off in the creative process of like, okay, I'm just going to pick this thing up and express and see what happens and starts off a little clunky and I'm just like maybe doing some of the shit that I always do some of the chords or licks or ideas that I have kind of internalized already Uh, but then it'll it'll like get to a point where I kind of like forget that I'm even playing and and then like other stuff starts to kind of creep in like these I will start to feel okay there's something this this these sounds like like because it slowly changes you know I start doing this thing and then it changes into something else and then gets to the point where I'm like okay this is making me feel something so I keep going on that and then I get into this mode where like I've kind of set up my studio to maximize uh my ability to just like capture moments of creativity spontaneously so Mm -hmm. then i'll like hook hook uh then i'll turn on the loop station and i'll like loop the idea and then that is looping in my head and then i'm hearing that and i'm like oh man that's nice and then maybe uh like words will start coming or or maybe I hear like, oh, I hear um, I hear like some horns or I hear these different instruments. And then I start finding those in the in the DAW and like putting them in the stage in the loop station or or maybe I'll hear a melody. And then at this point, like I'm just completely wrapped. I, I'm <clears throat> yeah. my, like, I don't even I'm not even really aware. Yeah, like I lose the self consciousness and it's just music is happening and it's just Oh man, it, it's so crazy because, and this is a thing that a lot of artists talk about is when I finish the thing, 
like when I finish working on the thing and I look back at it and I'm like, I could not have made that if I tried. Like I did not make that. <laughs> that is just, I don't know what the fuck just happened. I, you know, people talk about the muse, like tapping into the creative force of the universe or the muse or whatever. Um, but it's just, it's so interesting because that's, you know, it's, it's related to flow because you lose the sense of you lose self-consciousness. So it's not like, you don't feel like, Oh, I did this. It's just like that happened and I was a part of it. But while it was happening, I wasn't even aware of an eye. Yes. And it, it's the, my experience is pretty much the same. And it's kind of funny to me because, as I said, there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, practice this and make your life and um, um, setting more conducive to this. Oh, 100%. In the right stuff, it just seems to manifest on its own. And my experience, oftentimes when I'm doing art, there's certain things I have to like, there's certain like groundwork I have to do. So for like a sky or, or a, a tree or something like that, like I can do, getting back to the challenge thing, it's very easy for me to do, but it does take time, it takes drying time. I've got to get it done. Um, so a lot of times when I'm doing that sort of groundwork, I will listen to podcasts or maybe put on some kind of something to watch or something just just because I'm bored and I'm lazy. And what I've noticed is one of the one of the primary ways that I can tell that I'm dropping into a flow state is something will finish and I will I'll be starting to work on something more challenging and I just forget to either pick a song or a podcast or something like that and like I forget what time it is it it, time seems to go by really really quickly and I'm as I said before I'm just totally absorbed into what I'm doing to the point where the outside world is only faintly there and Mm. sometimes I've even looked up and been like holy shit when the sun go down like yeah it it can there's been times when like hours have gone by and I've barely even noticed even even doing things like um like editing the podcast there's been a couple of times when i think i've dropped into flow just from editing the podcast where i was like in that perfect zone of like this is just a little harder than i'm comfortable with and sure enough i'll uh, spent 2 hours on it and i look back and everything's cool and and i'm just like man what did i do during those 2 hours i barely even remember it yeah and sometimes when I look at somebody like the Dalai Lama or someone like that, they seem to just be in this like all the time. Mm. And he said something funny that reminded me of this. This is why I'm mentioning it. Somebody asked him like, oh, do you remember your past lives? And he was like, I don't even remember breakfast yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it seems like a lot of, uh, 
a lot of the memory that goes on that's tied to these states is not i don't know your brain just doesn't really seem as is necessary to like record it all and i think that goes into like our, our like our a shift in our state of consciousness like we're no longer sitting there being the narrator of our own lives and trying to figure everything out and putting all kinds of thought and effort into everything suddenly we're just absorbed into the task and everything flows very naturally and afterwards you can't even it's hard to even describe what just happened yeah man there's two things about that uh that i want to get into a little bit one um is like okay so we're talking about flow increased performance optimal experience all this stuff and you would think like holy shit the brain it's like it's going crazy you're you can absorb all this information and you can do everything and you're so creative and all this stuff but the thing that's so mind-blowing about it is that the brain when you look at it it's actually there's less activity going on in the brain during these states and one of the things that um it reminds me of something that uh Eckhart Tolle described and mentioned where he talks about like when we are when we are truly present or when we are here and now it which is basically this it's basically the state of flow we are able to tap into an intelligence that goes beyond the mind he he calls it universal intelligence which is a really interesting idea i mean this is kind of stuff Okay, now we have another pin for another <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Because that's a whole nother thing that we could go into. But just the idea that this optimal experience is actually associated with less... Like the brain is literally shutting down parts of the parts of itself. Uh, and it, it can be shared too. Yeah, like you can have group states of flow, as I yeah. was mentioning before, with like like the, hive uh, mind shit. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly how Stephen Kotler described it, and the military is actually using this for like high level high level operative teams. They're doing this kind of training because they need to operate so closely and so well as a team that it's super conducive to have everybody just like vibing together on this ridiculous way and and um the business leaders of the world are starting to take note too and you know when the uh when the war and profit people get involved then that's that's when you know you got something real yeah well i mean they're finally figuring this out because it reminds me if i could if i could just take it back real quick to Mm -hmm. ancient china Lao Tzu. Oh, well, real quick. Real quick. <laughs> uh, Lao Tzu talked about, uh, and this is this is a concept from uh, an ancient Chinese philosophy known as Taoism, if you're not familiar with it. From the but, Tao Te Ching. Yeah, and so, he, but he talked about Wu Wei. And basically, if you translate it, it means like it's like action through inaction so it's it's this effortless state of action that is not f- 
forced in any way. And it's super interesting. I think the direct translation is like no method. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of different ways to translate to translate. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy to translate or no effort or something yeah, like that. That's that's the thing with when we try to translate things from Chinese or Japanese, it's like they have one one or two characters that you could write an entire book like in yeah, same, English to describe what that is. Yeah, same in Sanskrit. So we try to like direct translate and it doesn't really work, but basically it's it's this idea of and it's related to the Tao, which is just like the way. It's like the way of being. It's the way of being, of living in accordance with the universe, essentially. He usually literally compares it to the flow of a river. Which yes. Which I think is hilarious when we're talking about flow states. Yeah, it's perfect. So always, always, always describes it as a liquid kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, exactly. And... And the thing that's so cool with with Wu Wei, when we think about that, it's like, okay, effortless action. That's exactly what people are describing when they talk about flow. It's an optimal state of performance that feels like you're not even doing anything. It just feels effortless and natural and that it happens of its own accord. Uh, So Lao Tzu knew about flow I mean, I don't know when this guy was alive. Thousands of years ago. Uh, a good long time. He was a, a contemporary of Confucius. Yeah, I mean, shout out to our own segment about the merging of science and spirituality. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that later. That that would have been a good uh, that would have been a good one to get into for that actually. Now that I think hey, about that's, it, it's a reoccurring segment, so we're, we're gonna bring it back. Uh, but yeah, just just seeing the different the connections between these things that might seem esoteric and uh woo <laughs> woo woo <laughs> <laughs> woo 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 way but i'm a lot telling of funny you words. woo way is not woo woo <laughs> shit's science yes <laughs> <laughs> oh boy and with that i think uh i think let's transition into learning we're at 40 minutes already we we uh been talking a lot about flow. I love it. We could, we can, we might have to make that a, a reoccurring one too. Yeah, I mean, all, all of this stuff. No, forgive my pun, but it just flows perfectly into each other because learning and flow, like, it's it's kind of this thing where if we talk about learning, the optimal state of learning as we understand it is to be in flow. So yeah. this is the same for creativity, productivity, learning, all this stuff. It's flow, baby. That's mm-hmm. that's what we're after. It is the it is just the optimal human experience. It's it's being present, it's being in the moment. It's yeah, it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And learning is a great it's one of the ways that we can in a weird way we can induce this state through our own pursuits in learning. Uh, but what do you think? So when we talk about learning, like what, what do you think are the, like the, cause I have some ideas on this, but I want to hear what you think are the kind of essential uh, qualities or, or like methods or ideas to enrich the learning experience and to like, to, Cause, cause we, 
all of us have had bad experiences with forced learning and i i have spent a lot of time reprogramming my brain to realize that learning is actually amazing and it's super fun and it is just uh, it's an absolutely enriching process so i am a big proponent and i'm going to bring this up i i, I would like to make this its own topic at some point but i'm a big proponent of what's called autodidacticism which is a very, very fancy term for self-guided learning or self-education. And what, like, as you said, everybody's had bad experiences with learning. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons is because we have this weird view that learning needs to be spoon-fed to people and you have to learn a set like um it's just like a, a grouping of various categories and various information and so they just drill it into your head for what 12 years 16 years sometimes 20 24 years and there's only a very small fraction of that learning that a you're interested in and b you need yeah and they and they don't teach the most important <laughs> thing when it comes to learning which is I know what how you're gonna say. to ask questions <laughs> you know what i mean like you never yes. get the chance to ask your own questions. It's always answering other people's questions. Forgive me for one moment while I say, fuck that shit. It's fucking bullshit, <laughs> dude. I'm sick of that. That Dude, that honestly, that frustrates me so much because it's just, okay, yeah, let's fucking build up an army of robots who can't fucking think for themselves at all and are completely useless in any sort of creative or collaborative endeavor period they're just like sitting around waiting okay what it uh, who who's gonna tell me what to do now okay do you are you gonna tell me what to do oh sorry i i'm <laughs> it just bothers me so much because there's so uh, much potential there's so many beautiful amazing people that get trained to be basically they're being trained to be stupid they're being trained out of their curiosity they're being trained out of their own interests and out of their own questions and out of their own direction and it's just it's it's crippling people in their ability to to like manifest their ideas and their you know their gifts to the world it's extremely yes. upsetting and look at like for your for the two of us we were both educated in America and i don't know about you but my first exposure to music was in a class an elementary class with a lady who was like seemed to just kind of be on edge and a little angry all the time 
like she enjoyed teaching music but didn't enjoy children or something like that or maybe vice versa yeah and you know with a a group of 20 or 30 kids playing the freaking recorder playing hot cross buns and shit (laughs) and i hated it i was like this is terrible I am I am not having any fun here and it's there's no like oh let's see what you come up with it was yeah. just like nope read the music play what's on the sheet of paper yeah and that's what's and so frustrating we just beat the creativity out of kids yeah and the same goes for my my first experiences in art visual art you know it's it's like okay well you have to learn this and you have to learn this and you have to learn this and they uh, they allowed us to come up with our own stuff but it was always in these parameters yeah okay you're gonna come up with a piece and it's got to be like this something like this and then you bring it back and they'd give you a grade you know it's just it it is the it is a horrible horrible approach to learning any kind of creativity and you know what do they say in high school whenever they finally give you a a choice in some of it well, you've got core classes that you have to learn that really your grade, that that's where your grade actually matters. And then the things you're allowed to choose are your, are your electives, and those are basically the bullshit classes that you're not really going to need to get into a college or something like that. And so it's just from the get-go, the things that are going to interest young children, being artistic, being creative, being physically active, being social... They're all either discouraged or made to seem less important than memorization, math, um, higher, like more um, uh, STEM type things that are going to be useful to make you money. Yeah, and it's such a shame. It's disgusting. It's such a shame because, and and like with what you're talking about here. You know, when they are teaching these things, like you said, they're not, it's not like um, really encouraged. And also, the thing that I find so weird is that is how much they focus on the techniques and the strategies and all of this kind of shit that, of course, that is one side of the coin. If you want to be able to express yourself artistically, you need to know the language, you need to learn. And when I say the language, it's like the language of color or the language of, um, you know, texture or... And and you can use those things in painting, but those words are... that That's the same thing in music, too. You have different, like you know, each note in the scale has a different color to it and that you can create textures by layering different sounds and all of this stuff. And that's great. But the thing that's missing, which is the sauce, which is what is actually the thing that just brings it to life is what do you want to express? Yeah. That I have nobody ever asked me that in any art class ever or in school ever in any way i was never asked what do you think you know that that's a that's literally was never asked that it's just what's the answer or what What are you supposed to think yeah or 
what do you want to express and that is such an important part of the of practicing any kind of art and even just being a fucking human being living as a human being we need to be able to have the tools and the self-awareness to express ourselves that is one of the fundamental aspects of feeling fulfilled and feeling love and feeling heard and all of this all of these things that we just we crave as human beings and they just don't teach it in school at all yeah well like like uh, we we brought up this before and i'm sure we will again but it's very goal oriented yeah and not process oriented yeah the 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 process is only a set of techniques that are sort of stepping stones to get you to a goal that you're supposed to achieve. And, you know, every parent and every teacher wants to see their students and their kids as these, you know, special gifted children who come up with something incredible. So even when you do have somebody who's incredibly talented, usually either the parents or the educators start to, like, push them more and more. And, you know, how many kids have you heard of who are, gifted in art or athletics that got to the point where they're 18 they're like i never want to fucking do that again yeah that was a hellscape with everybody pushing me to do that and they just beat the creativity right out of them yeah so it's it's so important that we encourage the process and teach people the process and teach people like why why you do art and it's not because you're going to make the Mona, the next Mona Lisa one day, or you're going to be the next master musician one day. It's because creativity, the process of creativity, is in is incredibly enjoyable, and is very important to the experience of being a human being. Absolutely, and I I just want to take a moment to take a step back, go a little meta here with you and our listeners. Like we, we've been getting asked a lot, like what is this podcast actually about? <laughs> and we've been talking about I have a hard time it. answering that question. We have a, it's, a, it's hard to answer the question, but I think, you know, we've been starting to realize more and more what it's about. And some of the things, like we are so passionate about, like there's this, and we're we're going to talk about both of these things today but like so we have this idea of learning we you and i both love learning we have learned so much together it has been a beautiful experience learning and growing with you Nate and we want you know you and i both really want to share what we have learned and create a community and an environment in which we can share ideas and learn together. And that's that's one of it. That's one of the things. So so we're going to go more into learning here in a second, but I also you know, one of the other things that is really a foundational aspect of this podcast because together with the learning, like learning is awesome. But if there's no if it's only like processing information and it's not channeled into a creative act, then it kind of, I I don't want to say it's, it's worthless because it's learning is worth it in and of itself. 
But if we can use it uh, as a counterbalance with our creative selves and our creative acts, then they really they can enrich each other and they can guide help us to guide ourselves and moving ourselves in the right direction. So all of those things we really want to share with everybody. We we want to build up a community where we can learn and grow together and where we can all share our creative expressions. So if any of you guys have anything that you want to share creatively or that you want to learn about, hit us up casualcognitioncast at gmail.com. Uh, we we'll throw it on our empty Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, any of those places. I mean, I, I like the, I think the email is a great place to do it. It feels very, uh, one-on-one in a certain kind of way, but we're going to, we're going to figure out more and more how we're going to, how we're going to create this kind of community where we can all share this stuff together. Uh, we got our first viewer or listener submission and maybe we'll just go into that a little bit later I don't want to derail us too much but needless to say Nate and I are both so grateful for you guys showing up listening in and we would love to hear more from you now I'm gonna hop back into where we were at I just I had to throw that in there because I love all of you so much and that's that's just how it is. So, <laughs> just to hop so, back, getting learning. back to uh, to answering your question because <laughs> we actually kind of came full circle. Um, I think the most important ingredient to learning is interest. Yes, baby. I was about to I was about to go there, man. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of autodidacticism, which is just as an aside, which is an awesome word. Yes. It's a word that almost, it, it's a, it's like a meta word. It's like you hear that word and you're like, what does that mean? I got to look that up. And uh, I, that's at least that's how I felt when I first saw it on the, the Wikipedia page for Frank Zappa, um, who, if you don't know who that is, here's your opportunity to practice some autodidacticism. <laughs> um, but it's, it's so important to, like like whatever you're learning if you if you're goal oriented in your learning and you're just like I want to learn how to do this or what this is all about and you're not enjoying the learning process you're not interested you're not you're never going to get to that goal of what you want to learn if you want to learn astronomy but have zero interest in like mathematics there's going to be a pretty big barrier to you getting into like the the higher levels of that, and if you're if you're interested in, um, the the study of of biology, but you're not interested in in I don't know you, you know what I'm getting at. If you Absolutely. if you want to study animals, but you're not interested in in biology and chemistry and stuff, you're you're gonna have a big glass ceiling that you you're gonna have a hard time getting through because you're you're interested in certain aspects but you're not interested in what you need to be interested to to propel you into learning that subject. Yeah, that's a really so, really good point, man. And cuz the word that I was going to use for that uh which is basically the same thing, but it's it's curiosity. So leading with our own curiosity because 
like you said, and, and you know, if you're really curious about astronomy, you might be able to, to slug through the math and all of that kind of stuff. It might be a little bit of a pain, but our own curiosity, like if we allow ourselves to be guided from there, the amount of energy that we will be willing to put in and the amount of obstacles that we are going to be willing to overcome it's just va it's just vastly greater like for me if i'm really curious about something if i really am just like fascinated at this thing there's nothing that's going to stop me from learning about it there's no excuses about work or about being so busy or no i'm going to i'm going to learn it so but it, this brings up a really good point Nate because I think, you know, we, we also need to spend a little bit of time reflecting on why do I want to learn this? Do I want yeah. to learn this because my parents said I should learn it? Or do I want to learn it because that will uh, make me cool and successful? Or do I want to learn it because I love doing it? And yes. this is the thing for me with music. I have been basically 100% autodidactic. I, I, I taught myself through just looking up stuff on the internet, looking at YouTube videos, playing. And I just always allowed my curiosity to lead the way. I would always just ask myself, what, like, what is happening here? How does this work? I don't understand this at all. And not allowing that to be like, oh, no, I don't get it. I'm going to get a bad grade, you know, going into this conditioning. It's actually, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is an opportunity for me to understand this thing more deeply and through that learn more about myself. And it's, yeah. and it's been one of the most fulfilling journeys in my in my life. Yeah, and I'm actually, like, for me, I'm glad that I didn't go too far into formal art education because it probably would have turned me off of the whole thing. Now, the funny thing is that now that I've gotten into it and I've developed a, uh, a, a mild skill set and, and an interest for what I do, now I'm interested in education. Now I would like to find a teacher who I can take some lessons from now that but, is a place to fucking dive in from, my man. Yeah, so I think we've got it kind of backwards where we we drill this information into people's heads and expect that interest will come out of it somewhere instead of presenting a bunch of options and opportunities to learn for people and then allowing them to choose what what resonates with them and then bringing in more stringent, formal, technical education. Yeah, and I do have to point out that there are some countries that do a better job of that than others. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are taking the United States view. Yeah, because here in Sweden, um, of course, there are still very, there are elements of just like robotic logic, rationalism kind of stuff stuff going on uh and you know there, there's many of the same issues however 
you can choose uh even as early as high school they have like different schools that you can go to based off of your interests now that poses some different problems because then you're deciding what your career is gonna be when you're in high school which is pretty uh pretty difficult to do but it's awesome for the people who know what they what they're interested in and what they want to do like you can go to high school for music like they have that's interesting music high schools or you can go straight into like a trade uh, a trade high school and then go straight into your trade after that there's a, hmm. a lot of really interesting different ways of approaching the issue um, but there's nothing that replaces a phenomenal teacher I mean, yeah, of course, autodidacticism all the way, man. But there is something to be said about having a mentor that well, that's an important point that you respect and that has a high level of skill in the thing that you're interested in and that allows you to ask your own questions and come to your own conclusions and helps guide you along that journey. And that's why I say self-guided education rather than just self-education because autodidacticism, I think, is not about learning everything by yourself. It's not like you're going out and doing science experiments because you don't believe in the science that's already been going on. You know, you're not you, you don't have to, like, learn how to build a telescope instead of just getting one. It's a you're you're guiding your own education you're guiding your own learning yeah and eventually that is going to necessitate you going to somebody who knows what they're talking about in this way or that you're not you're not going to be able to to get to a a real mastery without help that's just not how it works yeah you've got to have teachers you've got to have education from an outside source absolutely the important thing for me is that you're choosing where to steer that ship and you're not letting other people tell you what what you need to be learning because that's pretty much i mean if you look at how we go from our our earliest youth all the way through our careers it's pretty much just learn this, learn this, learn this, learn this. All right, you're in, as Alan Watts says, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. The thing that you're looking for is coming. You just got to do this and this and this and this. Take all these steps. You go to grade school, then middle school, then high school, then college, then graduate school. Then you're in your workforce and you learn the techniques that you need to be in the workforce. And then you're 30, 40 years old and you're like, I do, what, have, what have I done? <laughs> I, I don't like any of this stuff. I thought that the money would make me happy or I thought that the success would make me happy. That's what I've been told my whole life. And then you're in this tough place where you have to like start figuring out what does make you happy. And I think a lot of people are forced into this um, this uh, modality of self-education because they're just so unhappy with what they've done so far with their lives. And, and they, they just they're forced to look other ways and that's when you see people you know oh that guy quit his job and moved to the mountains and started making furniture something crazy like that where yeah. they, you know people would take these drastic actions yeah but hopefully 
um, it's it's who, who you, our listeners. It's conducive to your life to try and maybe start doing this a little bit more because everyone should be learning. Just like in the same way we've said every human being needs to create in some way, shape, or form, I also believe that every human being should be learning in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely, dude. That's such a, such a good point. And that's another one of the issues when we come back to the education system. It's like, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning, and you go through years and years and years and years of learning. You get your PhD or whatever. And then it's like, okay, done learning now. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You've just started. Now you got to figure out how to actually learn, like how to really <laughs> learn, not just how to regurgitate information and how to give the answers that people want. But like, and, and I don't want to like totally discount the education system. I mean, there are totally... No good things about it i mean obviously so it's just gotten a little twisted around and yeah i mean it's built for a like it's built for the industrial revolution basically um yeah it's built for it's, it's built to make skilled laborers yeah and and we're kind of past that point honestly we're, we're past the point of just training a bunch of people to be working in a factory um or just like we we need people we need people to be creative and collaborative and innovative and and we just believe that the current state of education is not uh, creating the environment for those kinds of people to thrive and for and to develop those qualities within our youth. So as much as we can contribute to that if at all i i'm i'm just stoked if we can even influence that in the slightest um so we got to i guess we got to do a little bit of practical thinking about how we can actually leverage this platform and our community to help each other out like we we want to get a synergy going you know and the thing that's really cool for you and i Nate is like we are both so interested in so many different topics that chances are any one of you listening who wants to dive into a certain topic, whether it be meditation or philosophy or nutrition or evolutionary biology or whatever, we're probably into it and... <laughs> Well, that's one of the things I wanted with this podcast is I want to spark interest in these things with people by not giving people just dry, boring information. You know, we're trying to have a little bit more of a casual, fun chat about these these subjects that when you get into, they're so interesting. And maybe people have been exposed to them in the education system and thought that they were just the most boring thing in the world. And you know it, it, given the right environment you can see that no there's actually this is actually fascinating and you may be really drawn to it yeah and today's world although there's all these issues there's never been a better time to learn things for yourself true that man this is this is just the optimal time of all human history right now 
to self-educate and sell, and guide your own education. There's so many resources online. Oh, yeah. There's just so many. And that actually gets into, I won't, I won't spend too much time on this because I do think that I'll come back to this subject, but there's a downside to autodidacticism, and that is you can steer your ship of learning in the wrong direction. And Definitely. this is what I call the uh, the flat earther effect. <laughs> where self-guided education does come with risks. Yes. You know, there's there's icebergs floating out there in the in the sea of information on the internet. Yeah. And that's and where a little bit of really healthy rationalism can be yes. very very useful. Of course, yes. we want to be open-minded imp- and you know, be willing to listen. Um, but yeah, a little bit of like yeah, okay, just a quick PSA people. Don't believe everything you hear or read on the internet. That's it. <laughs> yes, that that's pretty much it. And and don't get so locked into any one opinion yes. that you're that you can't change it. You should never have an opinion that you you are just absolutely 100% adamant about. It's just not healthy. Dude. Um that Real quick, that brings me perfectly into, I didn't even think about this before, but uh, related to this concept of learning and exactly what you just said, one of the, one of the ways that I find um, to be extremely useful when it comes to the learning process and related to creativity as well, but it's this idea of, and it kind of comes from Zen, but it's uh, beginner mind yeah so it's like approaching yeah. this thing as if you've never done it before because what happens Zen mind beginner's mind exactly what happens is as we accumulate experience and we have this pattern recognition software in our in our brain and you know it's just like oh yeah i know how that goes i know how that goes and then we kind of start to put on these blinders And then we just take things for granted and it actually reduces the amount of information flow into the brain. And, but when we, when we're in this beginner mind, it's also, it's also a really interesting thing, like how it kind of interacts with the ego, because it's also kind of an egoic thing where it's like, I'm a fucking jazz musician. I know everything about (laughs) music and like all these loser pop people, you know, like that's just an ego trip that's, that's happening. And then, but what it does is it actually, it provides, it creates barriers to our self-expression and to learning actually, because, um, you know, we have blind spots and we have cognitive biases. you think that you know, then you're not going to pursue learning. Yeah, exactly. So even those things, like as much as I can, you know, I've been playing music for a couple of years and I pretty much am still, a, I mean, I'm pretty much still a beginner. Like I've been playing for a couple of years. I mean, but of course my definition of what a beginner is is always changing. But regardless, I like I try to, approach each time as if I am doing it the first time because otherwise this this thing creeps in the the thing that's so liberating about beginner mind is there's no judgment because when I'm a when you're a beginner at something when you're trying something you've never done you fuck up 
you make mistakes, you laugh about it, you have fun, you go, I mean, this isn't my thing, you know, haha, <laughs> I'm just playing around. But that's exactly what you want to do in these in these pursuits when it comes to learning, when it comes to creativity, because it's it liberates us from self-judgment, it liberates us from uh from right and wrong, from from I from any concept of like doing it yeah doing it right like oh that was the wrong note like what does that even mean um, yeah it, I, I try to I try to think about um, whenever I start to get a little up in my head about what I'm producing I start to think like I am essentially a bipedal primate <laughs> holding a you know a paintbrush in a canvas and making something like just the fact that I'm doing this is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't laughs> Anything that comes out is beautiful and, and incredible. If I, if I suddenly saw a chimpanzee, you know, slapping some paint on a canvas, it wouldn't matter what, what came out. I would just be like, holy shit. It's wanting to express itself. This is amazing. Yeah. And we need to have that approach to ourselves too. We need to not grade ourselves on our creative output. Yeah. And and be able to look at ourselves with wonder and excitement and um appreciation for for really what we're doing and how amazing it is that self expression is a part of the human experience. Yeah. And I guess without even thinking about it, we've already segued into going into and talking about creativity and so as as we can all feel and and kind of see here like all of this stuff is so linked and and i i mentioned this a little bit earlier but like for me counterbalancing this process of learning which is like accumulating information um you know getting the muscle memory of different techniques that is like you know that is one side of the coin and then the other side is just tuning in to our like what it is that we need to express because it's basically like it's it's like aligning our mind and our hearts right so like the logical processes that are happening to learn the skills super important super useful but if but if it's not um you know if we're not expressing from a deeper place then it 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 doesn't really i don't know there's something about it. i i would like to just share with you guys like just just a a quick anecdote so yes our final segment is going to be about Hanks creative process with this music so we're getting into that so imagine or we can do a thought experiment so and this is based off of my experience so like okay imagine you're at a show and like a, a music show and somebody gets up on stage there, there's two different acts the first person gets up on stage and they are obviously extremely technically gifted. They are 
they can just shred like whatever instrument they're playing like they're hitting every single note absolutely perfectly there's zero mistakes like there's nothing that you could point to that was like oh he kind of flood that like everything is perfect but there's no emotion and then you have the next guy comes up and he is like yeah not super comfortable on the thing he he kind of like messes messes around flubs some notes you know not perfectly in sync but he is just like bearing his soul to you and you can feel and see that his entire being is just like opening up to you and sh- and sharing this emotional expression and you can feel whatever it is the pain or whatever he's expressing and which one of those is going to have a bigger impact on you yeah, i know I that's say, kind of a leading question but like well well the example i think that everybody can well most people can probably re- like think about a little bit if you're a enjoyer of this kind of music but you know think about somebody who is doing a you know a piano recital or something and is really technically good but you know this is the 60th time they've played beethoven's fifth and they're kind of bored and they're just doing they're just playing the notes yeah versus a Jimi hendrix solo yeah where it's he's he's there there are <laughs> there's wrong notes all over the place he's going he's going in all kinds of crazy ways and you know there's no real you can't really tell what's up or down whenever he's playing there's just pure emotion and soul in it. And he's obviously very technically skilled, but yes. he never worried about flubbing notes. You can no. listen to, you know, like Voodoo Child. You can hear little quote-unquote what, what would normally be considered like mistakes here or there, and they just go right along with the music. They sound like they belong almost. Yeah. And so you, you there's... As you're saying, there's there's a lot of um, there, there's something special that comes out of the emotional expression part of it that goes well beyond technicality and what our sort of um, intellectual sides would say is the right or the wrong way of doing things. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. And and at the end of the day, like. The thing that feels good, the thing that makes it worth it, is the expression. Like, it doesn't feel good to just be able to fucking play this scale at this BPM or, like, to, like, those are, that whole process of skill development is, it's to enrich and to give us the tools to be able to express ourselves emotionally. And that catharsis, like that unique expression of the human experience is what makes it beautiful and we can do it in so many different ways like i just i find that it's such such an enriching experience for me and something that i love is like when you share your paintings you get you send me a little picture like yo i've been working on this thing just like dude that is beautiful and so just to slide that in real quick Again, people, we want to hear what you have to say. What We want to see your creations. We want to share 
this is this is a little one of our creations that we're sharing with you do us a favor if there's anything any unique expression that you have that you've been keeping to yourself share it we would love to hear see read whatever it's it's a part of it's an integral part of being a human being and we just I don't I don't know what else to say about it honestly Nate um well Allison Gray I guess we're getting we're getting having a little bit more of a creative process conversation here but that's that's totally fine I love it um Allison Gray had this great line where she said something along the lines of when you create something because of she's a big believer in like you know the what we talked about sort of the muse aspect that you, you, all art is collaboration and mm. it's it's coming through you not from you and what she says is like like when you're done creating something it doesn't fully belong to you and it's somewhat of your obligation to share it with the world somehow it doesn't have to be putting it in a gallery or putting it online or something like that but showing it to people Mm. you know showing showing sharing your art sharing your creative expression and in my experience one thing that's very cool about that is that it's not just about like oh yeah here's my painting enjoy it you know here's some here's some love for your eyeballs it's like whenever people see that i am painting that i'm creating stuff it inspires them to do it and I, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say something like, you know, I kind of like to try that. You know, what would I what would I get to try painting? You know, what would you recommend? And, and people who aren't going to, you know, they're not they're probably not even going to do what I do and do it regularly, but they just want to try it. And a couple of my friends did a uh, I recommended that they try doing a Bob Ross. And, oh, nice. you know, it's on it's on Netflix. Perfect. And um that's a fun way to do it and there's just there's so many ways that you can do this sort of stuff that if you're a creative person and you're and you're making something sharing it with other people is very inspiring and i know that it's inspiring to me when hank comes to me with it and says hey i made a new song can you want to listen to it you know i always it puts a huge smile on my face it inspires me to be more creative and um, I think there's a sort of like s- self-supportive spiraling, upward spiraling that goes along with communities of creative people where we're all contributing to the expression of, of each other person and we're all inspiring each other and taking the creative approach and process in different ways and different forms and everybody's obviously got their own special way of of creation and the the more facets and the more aspects you bring into an artistic community the more you get and it, it's just like it's almost like a um like a a, a positive feedback loop that's what i'm looking for dude there's definitely some mirror neuron action happening even through <laughs> across time and space through the virtual realm because that's the exact phrase that I was going to use 
the positive feedback loop. Nate, I just want to take a moment to thank you for that because that was so beautifully put and you really just encapsulated exactly how I feel about this. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, tell me about your... Tell me about your first experiences with creating music. Whenever you were a beginner, whenever you were a little shaky, or even more of a beginner, and, and you know, you're just starting to discover your love of music. Well... I mean, I remember whenever you and I used to sing in high school together in the car, so... Yes. I know it goes back pretty far, but yes. I suppose when when it, when you first started taking it seriously, I guess I don't know. Well, that's a I'm glad you kind of bring that up because it all started you know, before I was even aware or thinking about playing music or aware that that was even something that I could do. Like I literally never thought about it, but uh yeah, especially in high school in my car Anytime going to and from school or going to and from a buddy's place, always had music playing and I'm singing along. And so it all kind of started now that I, I didn't realize this at the time, but I was setting up. I was just starting to slowly actually learn how to sing by singing along with my, with my favorite music with the music that inspired me with the you know there's these there was these uh, different bands that I was listening to at the time that just made me so happy I was listening to a lot of uh kind of like rock reggae kind of stuff um if you know sublime pepper slightly stupid these are some some of the artists that really influenced me during that time and I was singing a lot of their music I just loved singing along and and but the thing is that I did I wasn't aware of is the feeling of singing just it just fed my soul like it it just felt so good to it, like to really re, like in a resonating full body experience projecting out and expressing these emotions. And what was so interesting is during the time I was doing it with other people's expression and other people's emotions and other people's experiences. And so what was really interesting, like when you ask about the the creative process, one of the things that I, or like when I first started, one of the things that I caught on to super early on, um, just like intuitively was, okay, so I've spent all this time singing and, and, and playing other people's music and I loved it and I, it felt so good to sing. But then I got to this point where I was like, okay, well now I want to, I want to, create my own expression and like wait a minute how do I sound like what 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 is my voice because I I got really good at like mimicking other people's voices 
So mm. then I had to go through this process of like, okay, what do I sound like? Like, yeah, you had to find your voice. I had to find my voice, and I'm so grateful that I, I just intuitively caught on to that like almost immediately because that's one of these things where, you know, that is in my understanding that isn't really something that's taught very often at all. And it's so, it's so important is what is my voice? And and it's not just literally, you know, it's in a metaphorical sense as well. Um, so that was a big, a big part in the beginning is like feeling out what is my voice. And, you know, these things are happening on multiple dimensions because on one hand there's, okay, what does my physical voice sound like like my vocal cord structure my diaphragm all of this stuff like that there there's a quality to my voice that's unique that nobody else sounds like me when I sing and that's something again that I'm just so grateful for that's something that people have been telling me again and again like and it's it's not even like wow you're so it, it doesn't matter like you know, where, where, where I was at on the skill level. It's just like, you sound different from anybody else that I've heard. And that is such, that's such a gift. And that's, but I think everybody has that, but I just took the time to find it early on. So it was easier for me to develop it, to develop it. Exactly. And I do have to say that it's also, partially i've been influenced by all of these people that i love listening to they they have absolutely influenced the way that i express myself um yeah but then so then there's also the the same exact thing going on with other instruments so how do i do that on the guitar how do i do that on the keyboard it's the same thing uh it's just the with the voice there's something about it for me i i guess that would be my main instrument is actually my voice so and there's something so personal so yeah it's so intimate and and personal like it's you know you feel the resonance in your entire body to a degree that is just different from an instrument because an instrument you feel the resonance but it's coming from an external source but with a voice it's coming from the inside so i know i said a bunch of stuff there but that was kind of the the beginning of it for me was like okay I'm going to spend this time while I'm gathering my skills. I'm learning. I'm checking out all this new stuff. I'm learning scales. I'm learning all this stuff. But I'm also focusing on what is my voice. Yeah, and, and that, it's funny because my my um, process with that has been kind of interesting because I started singing in high school too, and I really developed a love for it and it hasn't translated into the same um, musical journey as it has with you. Um, although I have developed my ability to sing pretty well, and I, ha- I do think I've, I've done some work of wh- exactly what you're talking about, finding my voice. Mm. But um, with visual art, it was kind of funny because I may have already said this story on the podcast, I can't remember, but it started with me... like kind of depressed alone in my apartment living by myself 
and my walls were empty. I didn't have anything up on my walls. And I was like, <laughs> I need to have something. I should have something on my wall. But I was kind of broke, and I didn't want to go and spend money on art when I was having trouble paying the electric bill. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to make something to put on the wall. And I went to Michael's and spent like 40 bucks on some really basic art supplies. And I sat down and I did a, a painting. I did a, a silhouette of a sunset. And I still have that painting. And I, I really, I still like it. And that that one thing that I did, it's just like, oh, my wall is boring. I need to put something on there that sparked an entire artistic journey for me. Beautiful. And yeah, during that that time, I actually think I dropped into a flow state during that painting mm. because I, I finished it all in one sitting and I, I like couldn't put it down. I was so, I was so enthralled by the painting, the process of the painting. And there's parts of it that I didn't like, of course, it was my first painting, but for me, it was like the process of, of doing it was just, it, it just blew my mind, really. Awesome, and, dude. And uh, so it, you know, I, I do think that there's a, um, something to be said about just trying out some different things and not being afraid. You know, one of the things that I had heard um, before I had ever, ever done this is that, oh, well, if you want to paint, you need to learn how to draw first. And that always turned me off because mm. I do not like to draw that much. I, I do sketch my my painting some now now and then um, just for just to make it easier for me to to sort of get the proportions and stuff down. Mm. But if I had to learn how to draw before I learned how to paint, I would have never started painting because my biggest thing that I that I am drawn to more than anything else is color hmm. so if, if if the art doesn't have any color in it to me there's no interest there for me there's no draw now I can actually <laughs> pun pun not intended there um, now I can actually I, I, I can practice drawing and I can do sketches because I'm I'm so interested in the the process of, of painting and learning how to do this that as we were talking about before, I can kind of get over the hump of the thing that I'm not so interested in. Mm. But to to gain that interest, I needed to just jump into painting. I needed to just go out and, and pull the trigger and do it and not worry about what was going to come out, not worry about, you know, whether I was qualified to do it. Just do it. Yes. And that sparked my entire creative journey and now it's so important to me that I couldn't imagine life without creative expression and then I mean I was 23 when I did that so you know now what I would consider to be one of the most important aspects of my life I didn't even know about until I was in my 20s same same with me man same same story pretty much uh, yeah, slightly different circumstances, but I, I guess I, I do want to just mention one thing to our dear listeners because um, when it comes to any creative endeavor, if you when it comes to learning new skills, like if you want to start playing music, there are 
like there are i call them barriers to entry so it's basically the foundational skills that you need to be able to it's like the foundation from which your expression emerges so if you don't know anything about music at all and you pick up a guitar it's going to be really really difficult for you to actually be able to express yourself you can totally come up with really fun stuff you can just noodle around on there and you can have a blast and that's awesome but i do want to just like because in some sense, we've kind of been romanticizing this process, but I just want to also recognize that a huge part of what makes all of this worth it is these obstacles and challenges and struggles that we go through uh, during the process. If it wasn't for those, everybody would do it. Exactly. And there wouldn't be anything special about you being able to do this cool thing. Exactly. So... I just for all those people who like are like super stoked to try something new, do it, go for it, but just be aware that like the challenges and the struggles and the frustration is an absolutely integral part of the process, and it's actually an integral part of flow. Yes, it's one. It's like the first stage before uh going into flow like you need to have a challenge you've got to push your boundaries to figure out where that sweet spot is yes and you've got to as you said develop a a a core set of skills to be able to actually get to that level yeah where you actually have some skill to challenge and so yeah there's there's effort involved there's a lot of effort involved and especially if you, you want to like reach a certain level of mastery. If you just want to totally mess around and have fun, then maybe there's not that much effort. But if you like really want to master a craft, there yeah, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some you, there's discipline. There's, you know, structuring a learning thing and trying to balance that with just being open and creative and it's a it's a really fun and intriguing and difficult kind of high wire act (laughs) yeah and you know bringing it back to something we said earlier um you've got to um i i think it's important to explore and find something that you're interested in so that you can go through this work so you can go through this difficult process so that failure and challenge and struggle isn't going to frustrate you and and bore you and um, turn you away so much that you just don't do it you've got to you've got to follow your interest your heart and um, you know find what it is that inspires you to take this journey. And it's going to be a little different for everybody. Even with with me and Hank, you know, music and painting, those are pretty um, common artistic expression types, but the way that I paint is not like anybody else's. Not saying that I'm so good, I have such a unique style. It's just the way that our brains work. My you can't it's you can't replicate a painting and the experiences that you've had that have led you to 
want to express certain ideas or emotions or concepts. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, go out and try some things out. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to feel uncomfortable. And in fact, know that you're going to fail. Know that you're going to feel uncomfortable. Know that it's going to be difficult but that the rewards are almost unimaginable when you're when you're not in it it's like it's like some trying to explain to somebody the taste of something they've never tasted or a color they've never seen before like i said i i I had no idea that i that this was a missing part of my life until i got it and now looking back it's like wow how did i how did i not have this in my life what was i doing before then yeah <laughs> and really I, the the answer to that is i was depressed and i was angry and i felt um a lack of meaning in my life mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of other factors besides you know it didn't just solve all my problems but I do think that there was something missing from my life before I started to have a creative life, creative aspect to my life. So for all of you listening who are feeling inspired, I would like to challenge you to... Oh boy, you've got the challenge this week. Right now, if you are able to, right now or the next time you are able to, create something create a poem write a song do a painting um do an interpretive dance (laughs) whatever it is do it and if you can capture it and send it to us it would make us so unbelievably happy you have no idea or just write us to 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 talk about your experience with it yeah you know i'd love to just hear about (laughs) i'd love to hear the story of somebody who's never done anything creative and then suddenly decided to go out and do something bonus points that's a magical moment bonus points if you do both of those things and trust me we are not here to judge your creations we're not going to critique you we're not going to critique you we are just going to bask in the beauty of of creative expression and sharing and yeah that's 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 about it that's about it man i actually got to wrap this thing up i need to get ready for work but i have really enjoyed this conversation me too man i mean this is some of my favorite stuff to talk about in case you guys haven't noticed hank and i are very very big advocates for creativity and we're going to bring a lot of these topics back going forward. Um, next week, we're going to get into some stuff about meditation. Our uh, our first email um, requested that we talk a little bit about meditation. So we've uh, just been waiting for a perfect excuse to do that. So next week, we're definitely going to get into some stuff about meditation. And... Um, so look for it in two weeks. This is going to be our Tuesdays. I'm going to try Tuesday morning is going to be our general release date. So 
Um, I know I've been bouncing around a little bit on the release date, but we're we're getting down a uh, a tight tighter schedule. So look for us on Tuesday mornings every other week for now, and in the future it will be every week. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We love having you around. Looking forward to hearing from you and to creating an environment in which we can all live, love, learn, and grow together. Thank you, folks. Catch you next time. See you guys. have it folks episode three of casual cognition thank you so much for tuning in if you like this episode if you enjoy the podcast please consider sharing it with a friend we'll only take you a few moments and it means the world to us also consider subscribing rating us on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on that helps a bunch as well and as always We are very excited and hoping to get some viewer submissions at our email, casualcognitioncast at gmail.com. Hit us up with any questions, comments, or if you would like to share one of your beautifully unique creative expressions, we're stoked to check it out. See you guys in two weeks. Thank you.